quiz. Don't want to borrow the Nimic box. 50 Randy quiz. I hope you got raped every day. 50 Randy quiz. Bunch of bullshit rules. We watch movies so you don't have to. Cage Talk. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades, a movie review podcast. I am your host with the most Nicholas Cage movies. I am the Fresh Prince of Con Air, your boy, Chucky B. And with me, the greatest trio, including me, possible, we got first JT Money. Uh, and I got to say here, looking at this, this script in front of me, this is the 62nd Nicolas Cage movie we've watched. I could have sworn we're in the 70s, and I'm a little sad we're not. But nope, I'm, J- nope. I'm JT Money, yeah. and I've sworn I'll do every Nick Cage movie ever made. So let's go on. And who's joining us? Actually, I'm kind of returning here. Who's also with us this week? Fucking Johnny Spade. You know that's right. I think in canon, you really only missed one episode. This is something I did want to address. We have uh, slowed down from two episodes to one episode per month and that seems to be kind of the the moving story going further uh still always want to come come at you guys with at least one 50 randy quades podcast every month but i would say it's probably just going to be one a month and if you have any questions or comments about that or any other 50 randy quade shit don't forget you can always go to 50 randyquades.com Oh, yeah, you can let us know what the fuck is up. But I want to say to you first, 12 hours, $10 million, one kidnapped daughter. Now, is that the whole tagline or is that? Okay, so the other one is a separate one. Correct. That's the one that's actually on the case of the DVD that I own. Never steal from the world's greatest thief. Man, that first one sucks. It's it's really just kind of like this is the movie, and I mean the twelve hours is kind no, of no, it's part of it. The guys, because remember he's like, I need twenty four hours, and the dude's like, I'll give you twelve. Dude, if you need twenty four, then you say I need forty eight hours. Maybe he did only need twelve, so he said twenty four. We don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's not as smart as he says he is. I don't know, man. He's the world's greatest thief. That's why you never should steal from him. And I think in the movie. One of the guys calls him the world's greatest bank robber or America's greatest bank robber. Like, I don't listen, know which. We're, gonna, we're already getting into spoilers, but the tagline is kind of spoiling what's happened anyway, so fuck it. Who cares? That FBI agent had a major hard-on for this guy. Like He, oh, he loved it him. It was rock hard. He loved him. Speaking of rock hard, here is the <laughs> trailer for Stolen. What the? That might be the first time we have mentioned the name of the movie we watched. Well, it's stole in a bunch of my time, so I don't give a shit. I dropped by Allison's. What is she now, 14? You look like your mom. I have to go. Hello? Hello, Will. Vincent? I want my share. Of the $10 million that was going to change our lives. There is no cash. That daughter of yours, she grew up real nice. Where is she? Your former partner has kidnapped your daughter and is holding her in cab. I'm not being played by you. I want to talk to her now. I want to hear her voice now. This all depends on you. To save his daughter. There's no way you can steal $10 million. This isn't your life anymore. I'm running out of time. He has just 12 hours. You don't think he's telling the truth? No, I do not. To steal $10 million. Fire alarm just went off at Parish Community Bank. I want this guy nailed. Your father abandoned me. I'm going to make him pay for the both of us. Honey, I'm going to get you out of this. Nicholas Cage. Tied up. Stolen. And we are back. 
for another heist again. And if you are new to the show, this is 50 Randy Quaid's, a movie review podcast. Welcome and hello. We're going to talk about everything Nicolas Cage. Or at least we mean to. But we are extraordinarily humble. Like, more humble than anybody you've ever met in your life. In which case, we say, yeah, you know, maybe you need a warning before we just spoil the fucking shit out of this movie. So we'll give you one. But after that, there's no bets. Three, two, one. I have not thought about this movie since I watched it the other day, so bear with me here. But So this dude that Nick Cage is involved in doing heist with eight years ago, and he got fucked up in a job. He kidnaps Nick Cage's daughter after he gets out of prison. Nick Cage eventually ends up fucking killing this dude in a pond at an amusement park. I think it's a river. Some Dude, really? You're going to come in and correct? A body of water. Yeah, a body of fucking water. Big enough well, yeah, right? a car. I didn't say a puddle. Like, they took a ferry across I didn't say a puddle. It. Who gives a shit? Oh, you can't take a ferry across a lake? Not across a pond. You can take a ferry across a pond if you want to, too. It's an amusement park. It's a cute little ferry. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Anyway, everyone lives. Everyone survives. And Nick Cage even walks away with $10 million worth of melted oh, one gold. One person dies. No, all the people who matter don't die. <laughs> Well, I, I was going to say, actually, two people die, at least. Who, who else dies? Hoyt. Oh, fuck that dude, too. He was a little bitch. Both the bad guys got got. That was his uh, co-star from Con Air. Sure. I don't really know. Is that true? <laughs> I mean, you should. You watched Con Air. How many movies ago was that? Quite a bit. But, I mean, like, it's not like that was the first time you watched Con you Air. You think I remember every actor in Con Air? I will bring it up once we get to it, so you will know about it. You will remember about it. Well, if I'm reminded of something, I can absolutely remember it. But if you're asking me to pull some shit from the depths of my brain, that's not going to happen here. Ah, you'll get it. Sure. I'm not getting it now is what I'm saying. Just like all of our listeners will get that this was most definitely an action crime thriller. You did those things. Yeah, and it was rated R for some violence and a little bit of brief language. It's pretty clean. Pretty clean overall. Some brief language? They talk briefly? I mean, like they cursed briefly. They should really specify. <laughs> the word language in this context apparently just means bad words. You know what also did not happen from the movie Stolen? What didn't happen? They definitely did not steal of a lot of American moviegoers' money. No, it doesn't. <laughs> wow, that's a rough debut. Yeah. September 14th, 2012. Set the scene. You're walking in to a theater, right? And you're paying money for the movie Stolen. Bad choice. Because it only brought in 183000 And it's debuting weekend. Debuting at number 38. September 14th, 2012. Number 38. Settle yeah, it. You're in for a That's ride. rough. That's bad. No, because it's not good. I mean, like, our top five, definitely everything blew it out of the water. Like, Resident Evil made more money in its open resident evil retribution that is the number one movie for that weekend made more movie or more made more money in its opening weekend than this movie stolen made in its entire existence we'll talk about those numbers later because as always it's lopsided we'll let you know it's under 21 million dollars and it's debuting weekend. what number in resident evil is retribution I'm going to say six. I've never seen any of them, so I couldn't even guess. I don't even know if there are six Resident Evil. Oh, I'll bet you there are six. The ones with what's-her-face. Mia Mila Jovovich? Mila Jovovich. I think they're all with her, aren't they? No, they got a new one that was based off of Resident Evil 2. I thought she was in the newest one. No. Welcome to Raccoon City. She's not in it. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. It's really bad. I wouldn't watch it. But you know how I love bad movies. I mean, we watched Stolen, right? And I gave this a positive number. Let's see if I can bring it down, but right now it's over let's, 25. Let's move on to number two, Finding Nemo's 3D release. Fuck yeah. 16.6 milli in its brand new release. But then The Possession, a movie I own, in its third week. Which one is that? There's a lot of Possession movies. Which one was so bold to just call itself The Possession? I believe it's the one with the Dybbuk box. Uh, I don't think I've seen that. Ooh. With the what? The Dybbuk box. The fuck is that? 
I uh, will let you borrow the Blu-ray. Oh, I was like, I don't want to borrow your Divot box. No, you don't oh, want yeah, to you, borrow you, the You Divot definitely box. don't want to borrow anybody's Divot box. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is that the one with Modest Yahoo in it? Don't know. I could totally be making that up, too. That seems, like, very likely. It's the one where, like, the cover is, like, a girl. Bro, I like, know I haven't I seen it. I think, like, floating or just standing there like she's being possessed. And there's, like, a box on the ground. No, I know I haven't seen it. Is good. I don't watch a lot of possession movies because most of them suck. I like them sometimes. You love heist movies, you love possession movies. I like a lot of movies. Speaking of liking movies, uh, I also own the next one on this list. Number four, Lawless. 4.3 million in its third week. Modest Yahoo is in that movie. There you go. I own it. Lawless. Is that with Lucy Lawless? No. That is uh, Lawless, I believe, is a... Ja- jo- Angelina Jolie. No. Clint Eastwood. No. Ah, fuck. What's his name? He was in Venom. Tom Hardy. Matt Hardy. Yeah. Matt, Har- Matt, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. <laughs> Jeff Hardy. It was Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy. But yes, Tom, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. That's Hardy. it. Tommy Hardy. And uh, maybe... Oh, it doesn't matter anymore. We got Tom Hardy. That's the name. Yeah, that is the name. And then number five, Expendables 2, $3.1 million in its fifth week. What number in the franchise was that, Expendables? <laughs> Two. <laughs> I, I tried to watch one of these movies, and I just couldn't make it past like 10 minutes. I haven't seen any of these <laughs> No, me either. It's not. I think I've seen Finding Nemo. but I saw Finding Nemo a long time ago. I have not seen Resident Evil. I've not seen The Possession. I've not seen Lawless, and I've not seen The Expendables. So yeah, 2012, I just wasn't watching new movies. Shit, I mean, I was watching two of these movies, and then I was being like, I need to own it. You was being like that. You know it. But, so, this movie had an estimated budget of $35 million. That sounds about right. But then when you factor in that it made $304,000 domestically. It made over half of its domestic money in its opening weekend. (laughs) Yes. This movie did not do good in America. Americans hated it. But I'll tell you what. The king of all foreign lands decided that's where I'm going to need to get all my money back for this movie. Oh, yeah. And yet they did not get it all back. No. They got almost half of it back um, with the foreign budget coming in or foreign money. Yeah, just over half of it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got $7.1 million, $17.1 million in all foreign lands. And so they lost, what, like $17.6 million? They lost $17.4 million. No, that's what they No, no, in. hold on. Losing 17 points. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm reading that backwards. That's rough. It's real rough. Well, fuck David Guggenheim for writing a stupid movie. Well, I mean, I guess you could say fuck Simon West for directing a stupid movie. I absolutely could and would say that. Well, you know what? I wouldn't say it was stupid. I would say nah. it was predictable. Oh, God. But still fun. Mm, disagree. Hard disagree. I enjoyed it while I watched it. I'm assuming you enjoyed watching Nicolas Cage's Will Montgomery. Oh, most definitely. But I definitely more enjoyed watching... Uh, I can say it. Malin Ackerman. Malin Ackerman. Malin Ackerman. See, I tried. I'm, I just Malin. I know Malin Ackerman, so I know how to say well, it. Well, so do I. I've seen her in plenty of things. Lots of shit. Uh, she plays Riley Jeffers, although I feel like the last name is unneeded. They just call it... Well, Shit, man, when you're writing a stupid script, you give everyone a stupid fucking name. I, I don't mind Riley. Riley Jeffers? Well, yeah, I don't need the Jeffers. But he gave it to you. That's what I'm saying. We will call her RJ. See, that's much better. Fucking Josh Lucas was Vincent. I know that guy. Not really. But... I've seen him in other shit, but his face is like his name. Bland. And two first. And two first. Yeah, he looks like... Uh... Oh, he looks like a boring Guy Pierce. That's his name, right? Guy Pierce. I'm thinking about the guy from The Place Behind the Pines. Ryan Gosling? The, the Place Ryan Beyond Gosling? the Pines. Yeah, Ryan. He's like a boring Ryan Gosling. I guess I could see that. Like early in the movie. Awful. Terrible. Fuck him. Uh, then we got Danny Houston as Tim Harland. The detective. Oh, I, dude, I wrote him down as FBI man the whole time. I didn't bother to learn anyone's name. He was I in, uh, I remember him from uh, one of the 30 Days of Nights movies. He was on American Horror Story as well. Then we got Sammy Gale playing good old Allison Loeb. Who the fuck is that? And that was the daughter of Nicolas Cage. Oh, 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 oh. I'd never seen her in anything before. I mean, like, the actress 
was playing a character that was 15, but I don't know. I'd say the actress is probably in like early 20s, but that was just a straight up guess. Oh, she looked younger than her 20s. I would probably put her 13 or 14. In this I movie. think she's playing like a 15 year old based on the eight year jump and him saying she was like seven, I think, during the heist, the initial heist. Just it, it just doesn't matter. Then we got MC Ganey. Who was the pilot in Con Air? Was yeah. he? He's the guy who who's he's the con that they get to fly the plane, and then he's the con who drives the fire truck at the end. If you say I so, I know so. But then we get down to the um, most definitely Fifty Randy Quaid's famous IMDb breakdown. A former thief frantically searches for his missing daughter, who has been kidnapped and locked in the trunk of a taxi. <laughs> I like the way you worded this quick notes. Yeah, yeah, it's a little quick. Fun fact. After receiving little publicity, <laughs> stolen the 62nd Nicolas Cage classic. Cage? Cage. The Nicolas Cage classic was yanked from theaters after only two weeks. This has been a 50 Randy Quaid quick note. All right, so we want to start. When the Cajun crew is all sitting in the fucking van, jamming out to CCR. Fat dude walking out in the street singing, and it was like that fucking far out view. I thought it was like Nicolas Cage in a fat suit, because he sounded like Nicolas Cage. (laughs) And then he just starts pissing, and he's all like, oh shit, I'm not hitting the floor. And he looks up, and it's a cop's boot. Oh, it's an FBI agent's boot, or... Troopers boot, whatever you call the guys in the suits like that, not the ties. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're in the brute squad. Sure, the brute squad. I am the brute squad. So this guy's pissing on this FBI dude's boot, and you're like, okay, what's the FBI doing? And they're staking out this job that you've got information on that's being run by the greatest bank robber alive. Yeah, Nicholas Cage. Is what we're supposed to fucking believe. And his team of Miscreants. I just want to note how in every Nicolas Cage movie we watch, almost every, we're either commenting on how he's no chance he's getting with the women that he's getting with or that he's like the greatest at something that he possibly can't be the greatest at. <laughs> Listen, at this point in Nicolas Cage's filmography, I'll believe whatever you throw at me, right? I can work with it. As long as the movie's good. I can buy him as the world's greatest bank robber. Sure. I was fine. just waiting for them to be like, oh, yeah, and he's banging Riley. Because I was like, there's no, no chance. No, no there, was no, there was no time for that in this movie. You put a romantic storyline in here, you bog it down even more. This is a fucking quick-paced action thriller. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. Or at least it did for, like, I don't know how many people would it take to make $304,000 in America. 304? <laughs> I think I was on the edge of my seat for like the first 10 or 15 minutes. I had this shit figured out from the moment that this movie... The opening scene gives you everything you fucking need to know. Everything well, you need to I know. I knew something was awry as soon as like... So they are like inside of this like... What was it? Like a, a toy store or something? Yeah. And they drill through the wall, the bank, right? And they go in... And they're like, boom, we're just going to scoop up this $10 million. And homeboy's just staring at the fucking gold. Vinny, right? Vinny's just staring at the gold like, man, like, I know I could get me at least a couple of those. Nick Cage is like, dude, they each weigh like 30 pounds. So and he's like, yeah, man, I was a football player. I'm good. Cage is like, we got $10 million in cold hard cash. That's going to be just fine. Let's get the fuck yeah. out of here. And so, like, they're getting out of there. And they're like, that's when, like, it looks like the FBI is going to bust them, right? Because they're like, we got them. And then they like crash into this diamond place and they're like, oh shit, we're on the wrong block. Did you believe they were in the right building? Because that was some fucking like TV episode FBI bullshit. Like so predictable. And that was the thing. Like it just, I was like, oh God, this is already starting off kind of on the bad foot. We're like, we're just like the FBI is just stupid and they can't do anything right. But they hit the streets immediately. They're like, we gotta go get these motherfuckers. So yeah, they're like, they're like, how could we not know that there's that they're hitting the bank when he's a bank fucking robber? Yeah, we should definitely believe they're gonna hit the toy store that has some like secret vault in it that they know about. 
Not the bank that's like directly on the block behind the toy store. Motherfuckers. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. So they get out the back door, and there's a security guard, or not security guard, Janet, or some kind of guy who works in that building outside in the back alley that, like, Nick Cage runs into, or Vinny runs into, I don't know. And Vinny's, like, gonna shoot him. Like, this guy saw our faces, he saw what we're doing, we gotta kill him. And Cage is like, nah, man, we don't fucking kill people, bro. And then they scuffle a little bit, and then dude shoots himself in the leg. Or says Nick Cage shoots him in the leg. Well, they even, they punch the guy on the way out, and I'm watching him like, why do you even interact with the dude? Just fucking run. Yeah. Keep your head down and fucking go. He didn't see your face. He doesn't know who you are. You don't need to touch him at all. Just go. It was such a fast interaction for that guy that if the only way he's going to notice you is if you stop and, like, interact with him. All it is is proof, and I don't know if the movie's thinking this hard about it, and I'm just kind of going with it. It's just proof that Vincent didn't get driven crazy by this incident. He was already off the fucking chain. Yeah. He just had someone like Cage to keep him in line, and when this went down, he got let off the chain, and he just went full fucking nuts. Which is evidenced by... So he's like pretty much blaming Nick. Like as Nick's driving, dragging him to the the van, and then he sits there in the van, seemingly for way too much time before going. Oh, I left the money in the alley. I gotta go run for it real quick. And Riley's like, "What are you doing? We do not have time for this." And so Nick Cage runs to get the money, and then Hoyt's like, "Nope, that's time, dude. We have to leave." And he just drives off. Nick Cage then does some parkour shit as the fucking cops roll in, and he starts like fighting off these cops like like he's a like a prize fighter and then doing parkour around the thing throws the bags into the cop car gets in there and he drives off for what is a very slow speed chase and the camera angles made it look okay but it it was a little ridiculous so nick finally is able to like he he gets himself into a like a corner and then seems to get out of it before driving into like a homeless area he didn't drive into a corner this motherfucker drove up into a parking garage yeah corner he intentionally turned into a parking garage yeah i don't know what his like my whole the whole time i was like he's gonna try to drive off one of the edges all he did was drive back down after doing a little like deke yeah which was the fucking it was really bad and so after escaping his corner he goes into like an abandoned building where i guess there's just like some homeless and they've got like a fire going and we don't see it but he drops some money in there comes out because he knows if he gets arrested without the money he's only going to do like eight years if he gets the money it's going to be like 1820 so he burns 10 million dollars which the fbi doesn't believe and more importantly vincent doesn't believe no one believes. Because we fast forward. They shouldn't believe him. He's a fucking liar. Eight years we fast forward. Oh, what happens? Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> he gets out of prison. You want you want the choicest quote from this movie? AKA the absolute worst quote from this movie? So he gets out of prison and waiting for him there on the side of the road is the lead FBI man and the second FBI man, which is what I called them in my notes. And I refuse to learn their real names. And the second FBI man is standing outside the car, door open, and he's going to offer Cage a ride here in a moment, and we'll get to that. But the first thing he says to him is, I hope you got raped every day. (laughs) That's fucked up. That is so fucked up. Over a guy who robbed banks, he didn't hurt anyone. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I was like, God damn. I was like, this guy didn't like assault anybody. He stopped someone from getting murdered. Not that they know that, but like all he did was steal money and you hope he got raped every day for eight years. Hoping that for one time is enough, but for eight years? That would have been being like, that would have been like, he would have gotten raped what, conceivably like 3,000 times then? I'm not going to do the rape math. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't think he was getting raped. The way he was beating up them cops, he was like John Wick out there. He's fine. He's fine. No, yeah, he was definitely like we missed like some montages of just Cage working out. He didn't look any more. I guess if we didn't see him with his shirt off, he could have been totally ripped under there. He was ripped. Yeah, totally ripped. Great. (laughs) I'll let you know when the real best quote of the movie's coming up. Okay. That's why I said... I I, I, I had to text it to myself. (laughs) (laughs) 
So basically, the FBI dude's like, bro, I know you stashed this money and you're trying to get it as quick as possible. And Cage is like, I ain't got the money, homie. Dude, even in my notes before knowing it was burned, I wrote, presumably, Nick Cage hides money before getting arrested. They drop him off at this place, his ex's place where his daughter's at. All right, so before that, they, 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 they do plant the seed that the main FBI dude likes Cage because his colleague's like, oh, man, seems like you love that dude. Like, you want to kiss him on the lips or something. And main FBI guy's like, man, admiring a guy doesn't mean you like a guy. And I'm like, bro, you admire this guy? What's going on? I thought you, like, hated him and wanted to put him in jail. Well, I'm, I'm sure part of it also comes from shit. He knew he was going to get arrested. He knew that if he didn't have the money, he would only do half the time. And so he was smart enough to hide. Well, he says that straight up. The FBI guy does. He's like, you were smart enough to know that. And so like, he's like, I got to give him props for at least knowing what he's up against, right? You admire the guy, just leave him alone. That money's insured. Let him get that 10 mil and get out the game for a little while. Because they never get out the game. We know he's going to go back and get it, right? So let's fucking catch him red-handed. But they don't. Because all they catch him doing is... Jerking off. Buying some, like, My Little Care Bear thing for his daughter. My Little Care Bear. Yup. Yup. And she's like, yo, dad, I don't need it because I'm 15 and I'm on my way to therapy because you fucked me up by getting arrested instead of coming home and coloring the odd coloring pages. And she was like, I'm late for my shrink appointment. I'm like, I don't think you if you're late, I don't think you have your appointment anymore today. (laughs) And like, yeah, you're late. And you're, you're already late and you're leaving for it now? Like, how late do you plan on being for this appointment? Maybe what she means is I'm going to be late. And she just didn't use all those words because the guy who wrote the script is a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, probably. Plus, is- and he was like, can I talk to you for a minute? And then we cut to them at like a coffee shop that's talking to somebody for a minute. Yeah, he's probably like, let me buy you some coffee and a donut and muffin, maybe. And she's like, geez, you really want all that? And he's like, come on, I've been in prison for eight years. Did we mention we were in New Orleans? New, New Orleans? Oh, yeah. So like- it's like the third or fourth Nick Cage movie in New Orleans? Oh, probably more than that at this point. And we're probably not even done with that. Oh, I know. Like, I'm sure we're he's in New Orleans done. a bunch. We're not done. I know it. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. And it's Mardi Gras. Set the scene a little more. It's Mardi Gras. I thought it was like Fat Tuesday. It is Fat Tuesday. What is Fat Tuesday? It's the Tuesday before Mardi Gras, I think. Oh, okay. So it is Mardi Gras. Or is it I after? I don't know what Fat Tuesday was. Well, I just knew they said it multiple times. The cab driver said it was Mardi Gras. I didn't pay attention to that. No, they said it was Fat Tuesday. Let me see... Uh- Fat Tuesday was a Catholic thing. I thought it was like a Polish thing. It's not. <laughs> Marty, oh, bro, was it, Mardi Gras is French for Fat Tuesday. Oh, okay. And is the celebratory carnival that leads up to the beginning of Lent, the season of fasting and penitence. So it's all oh. those It's all those things tied into one. It's about... Except for Polish. Well, well no, it has nothing to do with the Polish. <laughs> Which is what I thought Fat Tuesday was. Oh, I thought was. Fat Tuesday is when people eat the punchkis or whatever they're called. Klotchkis? Yeah, isn't that a Polish word? I mean, sure. Yeah, well, there's Pol- Polish. Polish Catholics. It's not like, ca- like we Polish brought it all together. Have- we brought it all together. It came full circle like a donut for Fat Tuesday. It gets its name from the practice of consuming foods that would be forbidden during Lent leading up to the beginning of the fast on Ash Wednesday. Yeah. When they put. We know all about Ash. Yeah, Catholics. Oh, bro, I got a lot of Ash put on my forehead growing up. I've been Ashed a bunch of times. I've never been Ashed in my life. Shit, I probably got an ash on my forehead at least like 15 times in my life. Really? Every Ash Wednesday, you go to Mass, you get a little oh, ash yeah, on yeah. your once forehead. Once a year, once a year. I was like, is there multiple Ash Wednesdays in a year? How do they burn or put ash on your face? Oh, I don't know. People. I don't know. Jesus. I don't know what kind of ash it is. I'm sure it's some sort of bones of children or something. Bones of Jesus. Well, every apparently every Catholic altar has the bone of a saint in it. That's pretty crazy. I don't know if that's true. Maybe that used to be true, but then they ran out of bones. They ran out of saints. Oh no, they just keep no, they keep making saints. Do you have to be martyred to be a saint? No, because Mother Teresa, I'm pretty sure, is a saint and she wasn't a martyr. But being a martyr certainly helps. Yeah, I don't know anything about religion. I mean, you're not really missing out, honestly. No, yeah, I don't think I am. 
I don't know that much. I was just like raised with it. So bunch of bullshit. Go religion. Bunch of bullshit rules. Yeah, like most other things, it's just meant to control you. Well, you can tell how interested we are in talking about this movie, right? Moving along. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Age of Christ. Um, Fat Tuesday. So that's when she gets into the taxi. I right? can't believe fucking Mardi Gras is French for Fat Tuesday. We <laughs> fucked. We we fucked that up, guys. Uh, it's a it's a. It's a learning process. You know, when you listen to 50 Randy Quaid, you always learn something new. And you listen to us learn something new and look like real dummies in the process. So she gets out. She gets out. She hails a fucking cab. Yeah, that's what happens here. And you know what? It's a cab that we've seen following Cage since he left prison, too. Or Correct. we've it's gotten like views him. from. They've been tailing him from the start as well. So yeah, well, and they definitely made it obvious that that vehicle was tailing. Oh, yeah. No, like immediately because it had like the creepy stalker view. Like from yeah, yeah, yeah. from the cab where it was like someone deranged is looking out of this cab right now. You can tell by the way the camera's moving and the filter we've put on it. It's all Kevin Dunned out. No, there wasn't a bunch of zooms in and out. <laughs> it wasn't like a documentary sort of thing. That cab swoops in and picks up Cage's daughter. And just as she gets in, Cage is all like, I know something nefarious is going on. No, that's not what happened. The ca- the cab just leaves, and he's like, all right, I guess I got to go find somebody else. And so he goes to Riley's bar. Yeah. When he picked up his daughter, she gave him, a, or went to see his daughter, she gave him a package and said, someone dropped this off for you earlier. And I'm like, oh, no, that, you know, that's going to be good. That makes sense. The day he gets out of prison, someone drops off a package at his ex's house. Nothing bad is going to come from that. And he just kind of like... Has the package on him and isn't thinking twice about it. Like, wouldn't the world's smartest fucking bank robber be like, hmm, it's pretty weird that someone left me a package the day I'm getting out of prison. It doesn't have a name At on my it, daughter's but, house. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I'm just going to keep walking around with that, no problem. I'm not going to open that up or look at that. I'm just going to go to this bar first. Yeah, I think I would open it immediately. We got it. He has to open it here because it starts ringing. Yeah, and like, even Riley's like, I think your present's ringing or your mail. Your envelope, your thingy there. Your package, my man. <laughs> oh, no way. That's right. Like, they didn't do that like, in this movie. He's like, oh, shit. Let me answer. So he like rips it open. And he grabs it. And he's like, hello. And it's like, hey, buddy, I got your daughter. What you going to do about it? Give me my cash. And he's all like, Vincent, I thought you were dead. And he's like, nope, I'm really alive. And I definitely kidnapped your daughter. I want the money because you ruined my life. Everyone else thinks he's dead. They've been so everyone in this movie so far. So I think we've come across. We're like, oh yeah, Vincent's dead. Oh yeah, Vincent's dead. Oh yeah, Vincent's dead. Oh Vincent's dead. Oh didn't you hear that Vincent was dead? Like they wanted to make strangers sure strangers are screaming to him off the rooftops. Vincent's dead. It's a newspaper headline, and it doesn't make any sense as to why, but it's in every newspaper. Vincent's dead, and we see all of the newspapers and all of them that say that, right? And it's like not even just on one day. It's like multiple days. Like, here's the thing, Vincent's movie. Dead. If you would have said Vincent was dead once, I would have understood Vincent's not dead. But you tell me like eight times that Vincent's dead. You're beating me over the head. Like, do you think I'm an idiot? Oh, so you're telling me Vincent's dead. All right, cool. Like, this movie definitely was written for, like, it made me feel like I was, like, the, the writer thought I was dumb. Like, I know there's a lot of dumb people out there, but most people I don't think are this dumb. They can figure it out. And if they can't figure it out, you'll give them the answer later anyway. And that's half the fun. It's not figuring it out. Yeah, they'll be surprised then when they see Vincent in like 10 minutes. But yeah, so he's like, he's like, shit, dude, I don't have the money, man. Like, I burned it. If I would have had the money, I'd be in prison still. So he's like, and he's like, well, I'm going to kill your daughter. And he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. My lawyer got it. I got to go out to like Catanooga. Tuscaloosa. Same thing. It's not the same thing. Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it's roughly the same thing. Oh, my God. (laughs) Either way, he's all like, all right, give me 24 hours. And he's like, nah, man, I'll give you 12. Boom. That's where we get the 12 hours from. So it all ties that 12 hours, $10 million, one kidnapped daughter tagline perfectly together like a fucking pretzel. It's almost like the guy wrote the tagline and then said, I'll write the movie around that. That's the prompt. Go. That's pretty much exactly what happens, right? So he like he clones this phone 
and he throws it onto the train to go to Chattanooga. And <laughs> okay, so here's what I want to know: Did he have access? to phones in the eight years he was in prison to be so adept with the changing phone technology, especially in those specific years. From 2004 to 2012, phones changed drastically. Because by then, well, the he iPhone... Took, he took what? A pretty high-end... He end took classes in, in prison that were about cell phones and how to like clone them after Oh, yeah, out. right. No, I forgot about those. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe he did have access to phones in prison. It seems unlikely. But the fact he can just get out of prison after eight years and be like, yeah, no, I understand exactly how this brand new phone works. Y'all, let me get this Nokia right here and clone this phone. Highly unlikely. All I'm saying. Even for the world's greatest bank robber. Yeah, I mean, he knows bank robbery techniques, not phone cloning techniques. But apparently he does. I can see cloning right. cloning a phone while you're robbing a bank. Clone a phone. Well, he puts the cloned phone on the train and sends it to Tuscaloosa. No, puts the real phone on the train, takes the clone phone that has the calls forwarded to it with him. Yeah. So he can fake the guy out. And spoiler, Vincent knows from the fucking start he didn't go to Tuscaloosa. Because Vincent's no fucking idiot. Because he was going to Chattanooga. Yep. So yeah, this is when he goes to he calls he calls Riley up and he starts speaking in Swedish, right? And she's like, "Uh oh, you're speaking in Swedish. I know something's up. What's going down?" Fun fact: She's from Sweden. I did not know that. I hope it was fun for you. <laughs> it was. Um, so they meet up at some like I don't know restaurant or something, fairgrounds, some some abandoned place. And she's all like, "He's like, yeah." Vincent, he faked his death. And she's like, no, really? Okay, I believe you. What's up? She kid- He kidnapped my daughter. Oh, no, let's get him. Okay, so the whole time, let's jump back to the daughter. What Vincent has done is, like, soundproof with foam the trunk of this car. Put some carpeting down over that. He sprinkled in some glow-in-the-dark stars for some reason. And, like, yeah, so she'd have some light. Sure, I guess, because the girl you've kidnapped needs light to do what? What do you want her to see for? So she can pull your tail light out? So she can poke a hole in your seat? Oh, don't even get me started on that. I, I We're going to have to get started on it eventually. But he's driving around. And he's drugged her up, too. He's shooting her up with something. Crocodile. If he's a real... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Did not see that one coming. <laughs> if he's a real dickhead, he's shooting her up with heroin. Because then he could potentially be making her an addict for life. Well, crocodile is like 10 times stronger, and the first time you use it, after it, you die in like two years. I watched a video on it today on YouTube. Oh, see, I'll believe that for sure. That's definitely real and not like an urban myth thing. I watched it. I don't know. I, I like the guys, like British or something. Oh, so they probably know all about American street drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was like a Russian thing. Oh, even better. Definitely no bullshit comes out of Russia. I'll send you the clip. Please don't. I swear to God, if you send me that clip, I'm going to send you a picture of just like... <laughs> Something t- totally vile. Absolutely disgusting. Don't do it. <laughs> and I won't do it immediately. I'll wait, too. I'll wait for a while. And you'll think it's just going to be a normal text, and you're going to open up your phone, and it's going to be something just <laughs> disgusting. I don't think you understand the depths of depravity that I can take myself to on the internet. Well, speaking of depths of depravity, this is when Nick Cage decides he needs to go to the FBI and be like, you know what? Vincent is alive. And they're like, no, no, no. Vincent's dead. (laughs) Like, yeah, look at this file we have that totally says he's dead by this charred body beyond recognition, except for the couple of fingers we found. That's totally not what Bell Gunnis did in, like, the 1800s. (laughs) Nick Cage is like, no, wait, no, like, seriously, I talked to him today on the phone. They're like, no, it couldn't be. He's dead. Yeah, I think made FBI do his real response. It's like, yeah, bro, just like you don't know where that $10 million is. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, well, the, he kidnapped my daughter. And they're like, well, uh, why don't you get the fuck out of here? <laughs> I think he was like, if he actually did kidnap your daughter, we'll find out about it later and deal with it then. All right, cool. That sounds about right. Pretty much. So that's when like they're escorting Nick Cage from the building, right? And then he John Wick's his ass again. Again, turns into John Wick. And he's all like, wow, wow, smacking these guys in the face or something. And then handcuffs them. I think he like did the double throat thrust on one of the guys. Mongolian chopped another one. Right. And then he's like handcuffs them and he takes the, what was that, like the key pass or something? The multi-pass? The multi-pass? Yeah, so he's got like the, he takes like the FBI like a uh, little key thing, right? Not key thing, but like the scan thing. Key card. 
key yeah, 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 card. Key card. There we go. Key card. Key card. Takes the key card. But then he like he like circles round and he's like, Oh right, I'm gonna get on this computer real quick and look up my boy Lance Hoyt. And so he like swipes the, <laughs> the key card. <laughs> and he's like He's like, ah, oh, shit, this is his address. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to go there right quick because I know the FBI is eventually going to see this and be on my ass again. So he breaks he breaks into fucking Lance Hoyt's apartment, finds his revolver, doesn't find his secret shotgun, but he's already there ahead of time. And, like, when he opens the door, he, like, breaks his fucking nose. And he's like, bitch, who you working for? I know it's Vincent. Where's Vincent? He's like, Vincent's dead, man. He's like, he's not dead. He called me. He knows that I'm out of prison and he wants $10 million, which I don't have because I burned that fucking money. And that's when, like, the FBI starts, like, starts, like, rolling up from the outside, right? And they're standing literally outside the door. And they're like, no, let them fight. Let them fight. He said, let the squirrel squabble. Yes. Great line. Just remember that. Great line. And then they hear the Lance Hoyt shoot at the shotgun. Oh, see, at this point, the shotgun has come out. We got gunfire going on, but they're still just standing there. And then finally, they open up the door, and Lance Hoyt, like, points the shotgun down like he's going to blow blast them, and they fucking pop him, double tap him. Double tap him? Oh, he got, like, six or seven. I'm getting the fuck out of this bitch. And he jumps out a window. And he happens to, like, break a railing and fall, and that gets him out of there on foot, like whoopsie daisy perfect that's great and then he gets away oh yeah and like as he's leaving like the fbi is just open firing on him yeah i mean usually murder a guy like on the run like that yeah why not and really he's not even on the run right i mean like he did do like illegal things in that he's not gonna no one's gonna get in trouble for shooting that guy so why not well just like nick cage isn't gonna get in trouble for assaulting two fbi agents and using their computer systems and stuff like that like he doesn't get in trouble for any of that no 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 no, not at all because he was doing it for a noble cause his daughter being kidnapped so fbi agent is just like we'll wipe all that clean when we get to end the story but we're not to the end of the story yet we're to the part of the story where oh cage is like running gets hit by a cab it's the same company that vincent's cab is so he takes it by gunpoint so he also grand theft auto right here steals a cab Keeps the cabbie with him, though. Now, this whole time, the daughter's been in the trunk driving around, right? And so, some guy, some drunk Australian guy who's trying to meet up with some birds or whatever, like, jumps in Vincent's cab, and Vincent's like, get the fuck out of here. But dude's just like, no, don't worry about it, dude. Just get me where I gotta go. It's not necessarily him that I have any issues with. It's Allison is poking her holes in it, right? And she gets to the point, yeah. So she's she's trying to get out. And she's like poked a hole. No, in she's there trying she's, to like yeah, she's trying to like poke the she's dude. Trying so to sh- touch the guy but to get his attention, right? And that's when just scream. Just that's what I was like freaking out. I was like, why aren't you fucking yelling right now? Hey, I'm in the trunk. Hey, I've been abducted. I think she tried before she had the hole in the seat, but obviously yeah. it was still like all soundproofed up and shit. Then I guess I don't know. But at this point, you know, you have a hole into the car. I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay, so like, let's say she doesn't do that, right? Why not just put your whole hand out there and grab the fucking phone after, this is after Vincent has already pulled over and yanked the Australian out and beat Beat the the fuck out of him on the side of the road and then just drives off. His phone's just like kind of like floating back and forth and she finally is able to stop it and she punches in 911, but she can't press the, the call button quite too fast and that's when like he breaks and the phone slides off the seat and to like the no man's land for her and i'm just like if you can touch it why aren't you just fucking grabbing it she can only get two fingers out of the hole why not rip it more the scene also reminded when she started like pushing on the oh yeah cloth it reminded me of always Frighteners? sunny no reminded me of always sunny when danny devito pops on the couch <laughs> yep but then when the cop pulls him over because she had pulled the bright light out, why doesn't she fucking scream out of the hole? Yeah, I was thinking that then. Bro, I don't know. At this point, I've already been like, this movie sucks. I wasn't thinking that hard about the dumb shit that was happening in it. This is what, this was the 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 spot in the movie where I was like, if I wasn't going to like this movie, it's going to be because of this scene. 
and how little it fucking makes sense. Well, like, we, we find out, though, that, like, Vincent kills that cop because he gets out and somehow hears her screaming in the trunk that soundproof, yet she didn't scream when he was standing right fucking there at the window. I don't know if they, like, I guess they kind of played it that it was, he heard something, but I also thought maybe it was just, like, he had a gut feeling, and it was like, I'm just gonna check with this guy real quick, and I I don't know. There's another dumb thing that happens when Vincent goes to pretend to open the trunk, or what should have been pretend to open the trunk before he shoots the guy, he opens the trunk. Yeah. Because she gets out and runs away. I'm like, why did you actually open that trunk, you dumb fuck? Yeah, it was really weird choice on his part right there. Like, if you're going to go ahead and just decide to kill this cop, why are you opening the trunk to show him something? Because it's not like he opened it enough to be able to get a gun. He had the gun on him. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. Whatever. She's running now. Gets to a dead end. She's like, I don't know. 25 30 yards away from a parade that's going on and there's like two fences between her and all these people and they can't hear her yelling well and then i could see them not hearing her yelling but even though there's barbed wire at the top of this fuck it i am being chased like i'm think my life is in my my you know like is that jeopardy i'm going to try to get away from this and she doesn't even try to climb the fence that's what like i'm just kind of like ah again i'd already checked out i wasn't looking for the logical flaws in her stupidity at this point i mean you're not wrong but like i just didn't even think to care about it because he comes up from behind shoots her up with whatever in the neck again explains his master plan of how he faked his death to a young girl who's all fucked up on crocodile i guess i'm like (laughs) why are you doing the james bond villain thing right now to this girl like explain it to nick cage that's the guy you need to do like she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it really made zero sense. Like, what, is she going to go and tell Nick Cage that this is what his plan was? Because in order for that to have happened, Vincent needs to die. But either way, Nick Cage is like, oh, shit, I know we're going to get that $10 million. I'm going to go rob that bank that I did from eight years ago. I've been thinking about this every day since. I'm just going to go underneath, and I'm going to melt that fucking gold. Is this after his cab scene? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was the best scene of the movie. It was him in that fucking cab talking to the dispatcher. So what happened? I don't even remember the whole thing. I just remember I had the best quote, and I got it right here. <laughs> Did you just turn white on me all of a sudden? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're doing the whole back and forth. He's having the actual cab driver talk, and he gets all this information about Vincent's cab. And then Nick Cage, like, kicks the dude out of the cab, and then he says something back to him. And that's his response. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. To the dispatcher. They had those accents. Yeah. Or are they Haitian accents, maybe? Yeah, I think they're Haitian. Cajun. Cajun? Oh, that makes more sense. Louisiana. I mean, I don't think what they what he had was Haitian. I think it was Cajun. That makes a lot more sense. I mean, bro, I don't know. Oh yeah, that scene was cracking me up though. He's like, You do that for me? That he's the only funny character in the whole movie. I think what he's in two scenes. No, Riley's pretty funny. Mm. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not being serious. I think she is funny as an actress in other things. Yes, yes. But she's not funny in this movie. You know who wasn't funny? And that was Hoyt in the beginning when he was, like, making all those vagina puns. I thought that was kind of funny. Speaking of Hoyt. He said something about up the skirt and I don't remember. Well, back in his apartment, FBI man notices an address or, like, Which you know, FBI an intersection. The, the lead FBI man, the main dude. He notices his address on Hoyt's desk. It's like the intersection of where Cage's daughter lives at. And then they get the report of this stolen cab. And the guy who stole it is hunting down a one-legged man who's missing fingers down in the French Quarter. And lead FBI dude is like... Gotta be Vincent. He's like, oh shit. Like, Cage's daughter did get kidnapped. And Vincent is alive. Shit. That's two people who want that $10 million now. We gotta go. So, yeah, this is when Nick Cage gets Riley to help him, right? Well, no, first he's running around on foot through the parade, and he finds what he thinks is the cab by the number on the top of it, but it's been made to look fake, and then he finds that the Vincent's GPS is in the back of this cab, so no one really knows where Vincent's at right now. His unit's GPS was in a different person's car. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's in the wind at the moment, and then the FBI shows up, and they're like, bitch, you're fucking arrested. And he gets arrested and put in the back of a cop car or an FBI car or whatever. This is the true action movie scene right here, baby. You want to tell about it? This was maybe one of the stupidest but most fun 
scenes in the movie because it's so ridiculous. So he's in the backseat of the fucking FBI car, and they're basically like, fuck you, bitch. Oh, you're yeah, I do remember bitch, this. Right? And he's like, the phone starts ringing. He's like, bros, I got to answer that phone. I got eight rings. And they're like, you need to sit the fuck back, perp. And he's like, you guys don't understand. They're like, shut the fuck up, or we'll shoot you in the fucking head, bitch. And he's like, shit. So he break, like, dislocates his own shit off, his own thumb, slips his hand out of the cuffs, Reaches forward and like yanks the steering wheel. The car does a fucking like roll and totally gets. Yeah, I think he like hits one of the guys in the head, yanks the wheel, grabs the phone, answers it. You told me I was telling the story. Calm the fuck down. No, because he doesn't answer the phone yet. A whole bunch of other shit happens where we see that happen. This car rolls and flips and gets all fucked up. The car following behind him gets all jacked up and ends up like jumping some sort of median thing and like that like flips over and gets fucked up too this whole area is just jacked up from two exploding fbi cars cage gets out of the upside down car without a scratch on him and then he answers the phone yo what's up i'm mr cool action movie guy vincent's like oh you're cutting it real close on that one huh that shit like it was so ridiculous but now that i finished telling it now i'm mad about it I don't think he could have done all that in eight rings because there was already like six rings left, right? Because there was two rings before all that happened. Bro, I don't know. Again, not too worried about it. (laughs) So he gets, you know, he's walking away from this scene all hunky-dory. And then he calls Riley and he's like, all right, we got to pull a job. I don't want to, but we got to. I burned that money. I don't got it. I don't got no way to get it. The only thing I do know how to get is that gold. And we going to melt it. Here's my... Probably my biggest point of contention with this movie. Eight years after that very same vault had been broken into and $10 million was stolen from it. Eight years later, that gold is still there. Yeah, they're not going to move that gold? In the exact same spot. Nothing's happened to that gold and they didn't do any... I was like, nah, no, 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 no. That's fucking totally... uh, People, they'd be moving that gold immediately. Or enforcing that thing way more than just being able to like weld through the bottom of the floor that's essentially what what happened i I thought it made for a really cool scene which is why i liked it yeah but yeah but you just get hard for heists though i do like i do if they're good this one was bad Uh, even the bad ones i'm like ah he tried so hard i hate when gold is involved like this like even in this scene because i'm like you know you have to carry that shit right gold's fucking heavy well he did say that earlier in the movie you do have to unload the gold too I, I think they do, of all the things this movie does wrong, I think they do handle the gold well. Because even when he's escaping with that gold, he's like dragging the bag behind him. He's not making it look really easy. So I think they do kind of handle that correctly. My biggest thing is is not how to get the gold out of there. It's how do I turn this into feasible money? Well, that's for Vincent to worry about, not him. They're criminals. They know how to fucking turn that into money. Yeah, that's true. I It just always throws me off because I'm all like, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. Take it to a currency exchange? I don't know. You're not a bank robber. So, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get busted. <laughs> yeah, I know. I Well, the whole time FBI man has figured out, like, he doesn't have the money, which means he needs to get the money. Yeah. Because this kidnapping thing is real. They figure out what bank he's robbing when they get, like, a call on the radio about something. They had also found out that Vincent was alive, working as a taxi driver, under an assumed name. So then they searched all of his records and stuff, too, over the past few weeks because he's like, hey, if he's really going to do this and kidnap his daughter and force him to get the money, he's also going to have a spot where he can get the money exchanged safely. So if we go and look through all of his shit, we'll find a spot where he's going to meet Nick Cage at, right? Hold on, but before all that, the cops are following them to where they get on the ferry with the truck. Yeah. And the lead FBI dude's like, do not do shit until all four wheels are on land. And then we'll fucking nail them with the gold. So the ferry crosses, drops them off, they get off, converge on the pickup truck, and it's just Mail and Ackerman, and it's a dummy smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And she's like, what's up, motherfuckers? And so, obviously, he had another vehicle on board. It was planned. They switched. And he was rolling off in the sunset, going to meet Vincent. So he rolls up in there, and he's like, yo, I got the money. And Cage is like... Yo, give me, let me talk to my daughter or some shit. I don't know. No, that was before he got to the, Vincent gets to the playground, to the fairground and then he calls Cage. And that's when Cage is like, 
hey, yo, daughter, I'm going to fix this. Don't worry about it. I'm coming to the fairground. I'm going to get that money to him. We're going to survive. FBI man is super smart. They look through the GPS logs and they figure out the fairgrounds too. So every the whole scene is set up. Everyone's going to their fairgrounds now. Yeah. So they're all getting there. Nick Cage gets there. He's like, I got your gold. I want my daughter. And then we can just kind of leave. And Vincent's like, no, you ain't leaving. You're going to die. And then you're going to watch me kill your daughter. And then she's going to watch me kill you again. And Nick Cage is like, wait, you're going to kill me and then expect me to watch you kill my daughter? You're an idiot. And Vincent's like, I'm not an idiot. I'm the smart one. Give me my gold. So basically the whole car is covered in gas. The ground is covered in gas. And then Vincent lights a flare. There's a battle. The car gets set on fire. He gets set on fire. Cage gets stabbed. Well, Cage gets stabbed like twice in the gut. You, gotta, you can't forget he gets stabbed like twice in the gut, too. He did, he did get shanked. So he's fucked up. He drives the car into the water to put it out. So now instead of his daughter burning to death, she's going to drown to death. Either way, she's going to die. He gets out. He's trying to open the trunk. This is another text I sent myself. Yes. Was pop the trunk. Like, because he gets in the car and then he just drives it into the water. Pop the trunk, dude. There's a button. Before the trunk goes underwater, yeah. Yeah. And then I even after he drives it into the water, I had to rewind. I'm like, did he try to pop the trunk once he got in the water? Nope. Nope. Because once you get underwater, I don't know if that's popping because of the pressure. But he had plenty of time beforehand if he used his noodle as the world's smartest bank robber to fucking pop that trunk. That's a good call. I don't even know if he needs to drive it into the water if he pops the trunk. Pop the trunk, grab her, and run. Uh, yeah, but it's better to drive into the water because then Vincent can come back from being burned to fucking death and fight him in the water because we definitely needed that. Oh, in which case, he ends up getting locked in the trunk. Well, he gets, like, killed before Harpoon he gets locked in the trunk. Yeah, he gets all killed, all kinds of dead. Kill, murder, and then we murder, see not the killed, taxi, sorry. like, drive off into the distance in the river. I don't think it was on the river bottom. I mean, drive might be the wrong word. It looked like it was driving. Float, floating in the current. Nah, Ghost Vincent was driving his cab even in the afterlife. He was ghost riding that taxi cab. Ghost rider in the pond. The FBI shows up in a helicopter. Nick Cage is bleeding out real bad. His daughter's like, don't die, daddy. I love you so much. Now that you saved me. Where is the gold at this point? And how does he recover it? That's a great question. Because I don't know where the gold is. The gold came out as far as I know. Unless, again, he pulled a... I couldn't imagine he'd pull a switcheroo on this guy to get his daughter. It was there, and he took it out of the car, and it was on the ground. So, because I remember at one point, the daughter's like, Are you going to send my daddy back to prison? And the lead FBI guy's like, Nah, Vince is the one who stole that gold. Yeah, I don't know where that gold... I mean, I might have missed it, or they just didn't explain where that gold was at. Well, it's like... I think the police ended up just recovering it because it was there, but then there was that little bit that was left in her truck, like truck. Ten million dollars worth. How much was it? Ten million. The ten million that we started with. Except really, that gold one phone. little piece of gold was ten. It million? wasn't that little. It was a pretty solid chunk of gold. It looked like it was pretty small, like a pine cone. Like, isn't that what he throws in the water? That was a gigantic pine cone, though. That wasn't just a regular <laughs> pine cone. That was three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand? I thought it was more than that. Yeah, yeah I thought it was. They were list- when the cops were listening to him when they were like grilling out, and she said something about trying to get like three hundred thousand for it, and you'd go back to jail. I don't remember if it's three hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Like that, that they're still shit. looking out for him because they suspect he has whatever amount of money the FBI said is missing. So that's when he picks up the pine cone and he's like, he's like, he's gonna throw it, he's gonna throw it, and then he doesn't. And then he sits back down, and the, the like the second in command's like, "Yeah, let's go bust him." And the the lead FBI guy's like, "No, I want you to make the smart decision and throw it." And then Nick Cage gets up and he throws it in the water, and he's like, "My boy, all right, we can leave. We saw him throw the gold." And I was like, "Really? Like that? Like that's like you're just cool with it? Like being missing as long as he doesn't have it? Like what does it matter?" But then we see that it really is the pine cone, and Nick Cage and Riley and his daughter are gonna live a magical life with that three hundred thousand dollars. And that's the end of the movie. But that brings us to the point of the podcast where we are going to rate this movie on a scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's, where 1 is the absolute worst, 50 is the absolute best, and 2 to 49 is literally anything in between. IMDb rates stolen. 
27.5 Randy Quaid's out of 50. Who would like to go first? I'm going to give this fucking turd a 7. Oh, God. If I want a heist movie, if I want an action movie, if I want a kidnapping movie, if I really want any of the genres this movie's going for, there's a better movie to watch than this. Hands down. Everything's predictable. You don't even get taken for a ride on this. Everything kind of is laid out for you immediately. And if it isn't immediately, you find out about it a couple minutes later, basically. Like, nothing is a secret. Nothing is, is a surprise. Except for, like, Vincent coming back from the dead at the end. I didn't see that one coming. Like, after he got, like, burnt a bunch... Oh, you didn't see that coming? Nah, didn't see it coming. Should have seen it coming, maybe. But I also was just so beaten down by the movie at that point, I didn't care anymore. And so when he popped up like Jason Voorhees, I was like, oh shit, Seven. Won't watch it again, don't recommend it, won't buy it, don't care about it. Don't waste your time with Stolen. He's the greatest robber in the world. He robbed me of my time. (laughs) Johnny? The IMDb is a 27 and a half. That's insane. I'm going to give it a 12 and a quarter. I just never gave something a fraction. So why not start now? There you go. You going to watch this movie again? Oh, no. Oh, I was no. I was optimistic going into it because I thought I didn't see what it was about. I was like, oh, maybe we're just going to be stealing shit this whole movie. But no, that would have been a cooler movie. And then the other thing that bugged me the whole fucking movie was the music. It seemed so out of place. Oh my god, how did I not bring it that up? It seemed like it was for a comedy. What I wrote down, this is literally the first note that I wrote down in this movie. Weird intro music that goes from ominous to Mission Impossible slash James Bondish type shit. All awesome criminal thievery shit is going down. This shit keeps through through the whole movie. It's way out of place. That was like the first thing you texted me about it was the score on this is awful. It would be better if it fit the movie that they made, but that it seemed more like a, a Mission Impossible style. Well, it caper. kept making me think of Steve Carell and Get Smart. Oh my god, yes! It seems like it fits like a movie like that. But aside from that taxi scene with the funny guys, that was pretty funny. But I won't watch it. I won't buy it. Don't watch it. <laughs> don't, just don't do it. Twelve and a quarter. You heard it here first. It's not even streaming anywhere for free. So definitely don't. No, it is. It's on Amazon. I watch it for free, but it's with ads. Oh. So I had some little commercial breaks. That happens. I own this movie. Oh, we know. I would not buy it if it wasn't part of the Cage Collection. But it is. And I do own it. I'm going to bring the my initial score significantly lower. Like I'm going to drop this more points than JT gave it. Getting the come down. Oh, it's coming down. Get I'm it just gonna down. I'm going to give it a straight 25. This is a movie. Hold on. This what did you start movie. at? What did you start at? His sheet says a 33. I, see I was going to say, he said he dropped it more than what I rated it, so he had it at least at a 32. <laughs> yeah, no, it was at least a at a 33. Yeah. 33, sir. 66 out of 100. I feel like with Chuck, probably move, uh, Nick Cage in a movie, it's automatically a 20 at first. Oh, I feel like 25 is the baseline for the Cage movie, which is what we're seeing here. So, yeah, this is just a. There's nothing really egregiously wrong, in my opinion, about this movie. That's fair. It's a very basic, very predictable, as you did say, JT. Oh. This movie is extraordinarily predictable. Everything is like laid out for you as if you are a fucking moron. Where it's just like, no, 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 no. All right. We don't want them to think at all. Tell them everything and then show it to them. And then tell them again. Well, we'll just do some crazy things like we'll have this guy's leg be cut off. And we'll have them say, I went crazy and I cut off some of my fingers and I faked my death. Like, we'll just put the, the craziness there. But there was really no craziness in this movie. But they didn't hold, But they didn't even, like, give us a cool flashback. Like, show me the flashback of this dude going crazy and cutting his fingers off. Don't just tell me about and it. And that's the thing, like, I think, I think it kind of brings into your point, JT, where he was already off of his rocker. Nick Cage was just reeling him in. But when Nick went away... It allowed him to truly fucking flow free with the crazy. But not only when Nick went away, when Nick went away and fucked yeah. him over. Because he was saying Nick shot him. I think Nick did shoot him. It's toss up. It looked to me when I was watching it like his his gun went off in the struggle to drag him backwards. It wasn't an intentional thing. It just happened. And it was his own gun, Correct. not Cage's gun. But I don't but I don't know that. And that's what it seemed to me kind of, but it it looked as though almost like Nick had gotten control of the situation and then shot him in the leg. The reality is Vincent believes he got shot. Correct. There's no changing that. So, so 
I don't really feel like there's anything terribly wrong about this movie, but like I said, I don't think there's anything terribly excellent about this movie. It's exactly just kind of like a paint by numbers. This is a like a heist abduction um, action thriller, but they didn't just do one of those things. They did everything. So I'm gonna give it a straight twenty five. And so and so poorly. And so poorly, too. Yeah. They did it. It wasn't necessarily done great, but it was a fun watch. It would have been more fun to watch with people, so like we could have made fun of it as we were watching it. At least it was only an hour and like 35 minutes. And that was like the best part about it. It was short enough to where like nothing really felt drug out. It moved at a good pace. Mm, like I said earlier, it's a TV episode. Make this 43 minutes. Put it on, put it on TV. Then you got yourself... A TV episode, which is all this deserved to be. But yeah, I say it's an even 25. Don't go out of your way to watch it. Unless you like super predictable, bland heists. Yeah, this is someone's shit. You know that. But I think that we can all agree that you can catch all of our new episodes streaming on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, go to our website, 50randyquades.com. And you can check out all of our episodes there from every single episode of 50 Randy Quades we've done. All 152 of them, including a special dedicated spot to just our cage movies where you can listen to everyone in order from 1 to 62. You know, that's right. (laughs) And then next month on 50 Randy Quades, episode 153, The Croods. We are going back to back. Hashtag Cage Talks for another another animated Cage classic. But until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace, Peace out. out.